Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. God's gift of the Holy Spirit gives us insight, all the insight we need amidst the unfolding mystery of our human lives. That's the subject of today's message. It's based on John 16, verses 12 through 15, and it also offers up some thoughts on a rather momentous event in our family's life. Well, one thing I can tell you about being a new grandfather Did I happen to mention to you that I have a newborn granddaughter? I want to make sure, you know, I I share that with you. One thing I can tell you about it is that it has led me to a fair amount of self-reflection as to the ways my own life has unfolded over the years. I mean, so this is the Clyde earlier. How can you not hold your daughter's daughter in your arms and not marvel at everything that has brought you to this particular time and place. Uh, Not only the great memories, and and, and there are so many of those, and all the life lessons that, that you're hoping that you might get a chance to pass on to this little one, but also, friends, about all the stuff, all that stuff that makes you who you are, warts and all. Trust me, friends, such a thing requires a whole lot of self-reflection. But you know what? You know, there is a certain amount of thinking to yourself that that you want this this child not to repeat the mistakes that you made and and not to have any kind of regrets uh, as they grow up. But you know what? The thing is, I can honestly tell you today, I don't have a whole lot of regrets about my life so far. Oh, to be sure, there, there are a few. i got to do Frank Sinatra here. Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I'll mention them, though. For instance, there were some classes I wish I had taken back in high school. My father was one of my uh, uh, high school teachers, and I wish I'd taken his physics class. I've always thought that. Uh, And also, uh, I wish I had done a little more traveling when I was younger and had the time, if not the money. And and looking back at it now, I know for certain that there have been moments along the way that I should have been far more outspoken than I was. Then again, there were other times that I would have been much better off if I had just sat down and shut up when I had the chance. But again... For the most part, and especially about right now, I have always tended to view my life as flowing just about the way it should. In both the good and the bad of it, as the song goes, my life flows on in endless song, so how can I keep from singing? Truthfully, that's the kind of life I want for my new granddaughter. That's not to say, however, that I don't indulge, uh, as so many of us do, in a bit of 2020 hindsight from time to time. You know what I'm talking about, that wistful longing, if only you had known back then what you know now. Take high school, for instance. 
Man, if I'd known back then, when I was going to high school, what I know now, things would have definitely been different. For one thing, I wouldn't have been so awkward. I would have had much more confidence in myself, and that would have had a major impact on my relationship with friends and teachers, and most especially with girls. Moreover, I would have paid more attention in class because now I really do understand how so much of what I was learning back then really did apply to real life. It would have been great to know that up front. Of course, as I go through this checklist of things I'd do differently, it also occurs to me that back then, when I was this gangly, awkward, and ever so slightly nerdy 15-year-old, I wasn't ready for that kind of profound insight. Fact is, I wouldn't have understood. Hey, most of it, friends, I was told at the time by my parents and teachers and others, and I still didn't seem to get it. I was too young, you see, too inexperienced to, to been able to absorb all of it. Honestly, I was so busy, as all of us are at that age, to find my own place in the world to have paid much attention to any wisdom that would be emanating from the future. Yes, I had a whole lot to learn. But you see, the thing is, learning doesn't happen all at once. True wisdom takes time, happens gradually over the course of a lifetime. It happens one experience, one insight at a time. I know this because folks where this unfolding mystery of life is concerned, Grampy Lowry is very definitely still on a learning curve. John's Gospel tells us that on the night of betrayal and desertion, Jesus was desperately trying to teach the disciples all the things that they would need to know after he was gone. They're known, as I think I've mentioned here before, the farewell discourses. And, and as Jesus was essentially saying goodbye to those he was closest to, there was so much that he knew they needed to hear about God. So much wisdom that had yet to be absorbed. Time was running out. This was Monday, Thursday, remember. And besides, the disciples weren't ready to hear it all yet. I still have many things to say to you, Jesus says, but... You cannot bear them now. And that was true. At that moment, the disciples could not possibly have foreseen how their lives were about to change. They couldn't have grasped the idea, much less the reality of his resurrection. Nor could they have known and, and understood the scope or, or the impact of their own ministries of the word. There was so much. This was Monday, Thursday, remember. It, so much that was about to unfold. It was much more than they could handle. And so in his words of farewell, Jesus promises them a teacher, the spirit of truth, a spirit that would guide them into all wisdom and all truth. He will declare to you the things that are to come, Jesus says. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the Holy Spirit, the gift of God's own self-disclosure. 
the disciples are most certainly going to need enlightenment and, and instruction and revelation as to the nature of God and, and as to what their mission as Christ's disciples would entail. So, in answer to that, here comes God's own persona of the Spirit coming directly to them to give them what they need for peace and for strength and for insight and for continued growth. Here is a Holy Spirit coming to them to reveal truth as they're ready to hear it and as they're ready to receive it. And truly, this is what would sustain these first disciples. This is what would sustain believers across the generations who would follow the disciples. This is what would sustain them long after Christ had ascended into heaven. This is what would give them strength and courage to go boldly along faith's pathways in the days and years ahead, come what may. It is a wonderful, powerful, gentle, life-changing, inexpressible gift. But what you get in reading this gospel today, and reading all of the farewell discourses, in fact, is it was a gift ultimately typical of God. A gift to give his people what they needed to be guided into all truth and what they needed to be led forth along paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, you might remember how a few weeks back we, we heard Jesus in the reading that day refer to this gift of the Holy Spirit as an advocate for the way. And that's certainly what it is. What we find out today is that's only the beginning of the Spirit's role. See, ultimately, you see, the gift of the Holy Spirit is a prime example of how God is relentless in bringing us into deeper relationship with Him to bring us closer to him by giving us the insight we need amidst the unfolding mystery that is human life. Author and preacher William Willimon puts it this way. The Holy Spirit, he writes, is a power, a power outside ourselves that helps us in our weakness, yes, but also a power that pushes us, that prods us, that pokes at us, that rarely leaves us as we are. And as such, it is one of the most demanding, difficult, blessed, revealing, wonderful gifts that God has ever given us. You see, friends, when it comes to our faith, we are always going to be on a learning curve. As I am fond of saying, faith is a journey. It's not a destination. And the wisdom we gain is that which we garner along the way. Now truly, sometimes the way is rough. I don't think anybody will deny that. But you see, the good news of the gospel is that by his gift of the Holy Spirit... God promises to never abandon us, abandon us in the rough road in the hard times. God promises to be with us with love and strength. And in the process, 
wisdom, truly divine wisdom, the wisdom that has been present from the time of creation will come to us and often, sometimes in the most unlikely of times and places. Now, perhaps like me, you were struck by the the sheer poetry of our text this morning from the Old Testament book of Proverbs. First of all, and I know I've shared this before, but it bears repeating. It is definitely worth noting that the book of Proverbs depicts wisdom, that is, the spirit of wisdom, as having feminine attributes. As having been created at the beginning of God's work, the first of his acts of long ago present at the formation of the mountains and the seas, and always there beside God in the work of creation, like a master worker. I was daily his delight, says wisdom, rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the human race. Those are truly beautiful words. And you know what they express in such a rich, eloquent, and dare I say, grandmotherly way is that it is truly God's delight to guide us and to teach us that God loves it and loves us and will never, ever keep a distance from us as we go about the joys and sorrows of our lives. kind of seems to me like it's those similar to those all too rare people in our lives friends family members grandparents those people in our lives that we discover that we never have to pretend with that we never have to de- that we have to deal with in such a way that somehow they might discover the real us and therefore not want to be with us anymore They are, whether they're blood relation or no, true friends. True friends are transparent to one another. They are not afraid to let each other into their lives. They are not reluctant to reveal themselves to the other and to be who they really are with each other. What's that old saying? Friends are the people who really know you and who like you anyway. That is the Holy Spirit. And by his Holy Spirit, God is seeking to be that true and lasting friend. God makes every effort to be transparent with us. God invites us in so many different ways to know him well. God gives to us what we need for us to be closer to him so that we never need to be content merely to stand at a distance from God but rather to have such a relationship with God that it turns out we never have to walk the way of life alone ever again, but in fact make that journey ever and always in his company, helping us to shape and direct the journey as we go. And the best part of all is this journey that we share with God is a journey that God has already walked in the person of Jesus Christ. And wouldn't you say it's true that the way ahead 
is made much easier when you're accompanied by one who has gone that way before. That, my dear friends, is good news indeed. In days such as what we're experiencing right now, when babies are born and children are growing and moving from preschool to kindergarten, from grade to grade, and, and next are finally at the place where they are commencing into the next stages of life. Even in times when we are gathering to mark the transition from this life to the next, we are inevitably reminded, are we not, that all of our life is an unfolding mystery. A long and winding road, as it were. And that just the moment that we think we figured it all out and figure we know exactly which way to go, God's blessing and his challenge is that there's yet another twist and turn to navigate. You know, I look at little Sylvie B., and I hope and I pray with all my heart that hers will be a life that's filled with joy and wonder. And I know it's going to be. I know in my heart of hearts she's going to have a great life. But I also know this, that if she's anything like the rest of us, there will come a few moments in this life when she'll look around and find herself lost in the uncertainty of it all. Times when, like so many of us from time to time, she'll wonder if there's any real purpose and meaning in life at all. Well, that's when I hope and pray she's going to look around and recognize all the incredible faith, hope, and love that surrounds her. But also that along the way, she will realize that there has been the one right there, ever and always walking the way with her. A spirit that never has abandoned her. A spirit that offers her again and again the strength and the courage to sustain her in the journey. It's God's own Holy Spirit. The one who is our sanctifier, our teacher, our advocate, our friend, our constant companion on the road the one who delights walking with us every mysterious step of the way, the spirit that will lead us into all truth and bring us the joy of life that only he can offer. Beloved, may our children, our grandchildren, and we ourselves all live today and be filled up with that wonderful spirit and thanks be to God who's giving us that spirit right now. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, The Unfolding Mystery. It was recorded during our June the 12th service of worship at East Congregational Church in Concord, New Hampshire, where, by the way, we gather for worship every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock at the church on 51 Mountain Road, which is just off exit 16 on I-93. Now, if you're visiting New Hampshire this summer and looking for a place to worship, we'd love it if you came and joined us. We are a small, mighty, and very welcoming congregation, 
and I do think you'll be glad you came. And with that, we come to the close of this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening today. And until next time, may God bless you with a great day, every day, and we'll talk to you soon.